Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato, and as always, I am here with my friend and co-host, Anthony Gitch, all the way over there. Our usual disclaimer before we get started, neither Anthony nor I are licensed medical professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, or anything of the sort. So don't make any changes or alterations to any medications or treatments you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest while you're leaving stuff. Leave us a like, a love, a heart, a thumbs up, a great review, drop us a message, say hey, and yeah, let us know how you're getting on with the podcast. Hello, Anthony. Hello. How are you today, Nicole? I'm well. How are you? Well, you know, I'm good. It's a little bit chilly outside for my taste, but you know, we can't control the weather. We can only go out into it and enjoy it for what it is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Fergus appreciates that attitude because it ensures that he gets to go outside and chase his ball. Yeah. Well, you know, the weather, the weather, the seasons, they're all there. They, they, all, have, they all serve a purpose and they all have their beauty. Okay. I don't like winter. I don't think it serves a purpose other than make me cold. <laughs> it still it has its own element of beauty, even though it does make you cold. <laughs> it is pretty for about 10 minutes when it snows, and then I'm done with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because then the snow gets dirty and it's just and it's just slushy and it's icky to walk in and it gets stuck in Fergus's hair. And, you know, we're here to talk about smoking today. We are here to talk about smoking, <laughs> not slushy snow. Uh, correct. And it's because we, we, we decided on this topic because, well, for one thing, I've seemed to have had uh, quite a few smokers recently. And it mm. was a topic that we hadn't covered yet since the beginning of this. And it is one of, I, I would venture to say that it is one of the most um, staple services that is done in hypnosis is yeah. smoking cessation. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's smoking cessation specialists out there. In fact, we had Ken Guzzo on the show who is a, uh, well, he does a lot of great things, but he has a, the Guzzo protocol, it's called, you know, it's named by, um, mm. and it's a smoking protocol, right? Um, and, and there's a lot Freddie of Freddie Jackman does a lot of work yeah. with smoking. Yep. There's a lot of people out there who've got very specific ways of, of dealing with it and some mm. great, great techniques, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you from my own experience, however many moons ago it was that I quit smoking through a hypnotic book rather than through hypnosis, through um, Alan Carr's book. Uh, Alec, what is it? Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. Right um, I don't know if it's if it's that. I think it's known all over the world, actually, because it's, it's a really kind of well-known book. And I remember at the time I was in my early twenties, I'd, I'd been smoking for about 10 years and, um, I was reading this book and it says from the beginning of the book, don't stop smoking while you're reading this book, you know, keep, keep smoking while you're reading the book. Okay, fine. And I just remember reading this book and it was so repetitive. Obviously it was completely hypnotic, but it was so repetitive. 
and over and over and over again that I got about two thirds of the way through the book. And I just stopped smoking just to stop reading the book. I think by that point, I was so tired of the book. I was like, screw it. I'm going to put the book down and I'm going to stop smoking at the same time or whatever it was, you know, it was just that kind of click at that moment. I never finished reading the book and I did stop smoking. Um, for the most, I, I, I stopped smoking. I, I, I then sort of did pick it up again here and there, but never to the extent, not never to become a smoker again. I, when I finally put it down, it was not because I had experienced hypnosis for smoking cessation, mm. but I had become a hypnotist and had been working on not smoking because I was a massage therapist. So I wasn't a heavy smoker anyway, but I was, it was so incongruent with everything in the hypnotic world in my mind at that point, because, Mm. you know, that's like I said earlier, that was where I really had my association with, was with hypnosis was because my grandmother quit smoking with hypnosis. Right. Mm. And so I was like, I can't do this and be a smoker. Mm. It, it, it's just, that's just, to me, there was an incongruency there that did not work with me and it, it made it so I could quit smoking. And I remember the very, I remember the very last cigarette I had. Um, I, I had spent the weekend with a friend who smokes in their house and I was finally like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and have one. It had been like several months. And, and I took that first drag and I was like, oh my God, that is the most disgusting. It just was just, Ugh. And I was like, but it's so oh, true, isn't thank it? Thank you. <laughs> it is. It's so true because when you are a smoker, you've you've basically forcefully conditioned your body to accept this really disgusting, toxic, nasty crap. Yeah. And you yep. just, you know, you 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 stop realizing that it that it is that disgusting because you just get so used to it. And and there's a part of you that believes this is actually doing something good for you. Right. There's a part of you that believes this is, this is helping you to relax, which is bollocks. Absolutely (laughs) bollocks. Absolutely. Um, But yeah. And then when you, when you do stop for a little while, I've had exactly the same experiences when I have sort of decided, Oh, I fancy a cigarette. And then you take that first drag and you're like, Oh, this is revolting. This is really (laughs) disgusting. And then you get the head rush and you just feel sick and you're just like, oh yeah, this is really nasty. Yeah. 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 It's like, how did I condition myself to not only accept the poison, but to seek it out? Mm-hmm. Right. Therein lies some really amazing subliminal or, or, or not subliminal, but really deep subconscious advertising, right? From mm. talk about the best advertising, the best marketing machine on the planet for a mm. long time was Philip Morris and, and all those companies out there, the, all those big tobacco companies, right? Oh yeah. Because, you know, all the billboards, all the sexiness of it, all the, you know, it was on every TV show. It was, everybody was doing it. It was, we could smoke in school for God's sakes. We had, we had smoking areas at high school. Um, well, you, had to, <laughs> you could even smoke on airplanes, right? I remember I mean, smoking on airplanes. Um, we had the yeah. smoking section. It's like, what the fuck? Like it doesn't go all over the, it's, it's, I, I, and in the military, oh my God, they were so cheap when I was in, when I was in the Navy. Right. Um, it was like, they, they almost, um, promoted 
the use mm. of tobacco, right? It's like, this is what a sailor does, you know? Um, and, yeah. and it's, yeah, it was, uh, that was a long, hard, and I tried to quit several times because I just knew I, I hated the fact that I did it. Right. Mm. Um, and, and I didn't like the way I, it's it, particularly the older I got, the more mindful I became about my place in the world, the more I really disliked, I, I didn't want anybody to see me smoking. Mm. But isn't that part, that, that's exactly what you just said there. Sorry, just going back, back, backtracking a little bit is part of that big kind of marketing machine, this idea that you try to give up smoking, but you can't, you know, that, yeah. that it's yeah. so difficult to give up smoking. And it's all part of this marketing message to make you believe that you can't give up smoking or that it's really difficult to give up smoking. And so, hey, instead of smoking a cigarette, why don't you move over to a vape, which is just as bad. Right. Or patches right? or gum. Or patches or, or all of this. But this, the, all of this has been created to make you believe that it's really difficult to give up smoking when really all we're because- doing is changing a habit. Well, and, and also recognize that who is it that is still making money off of all those other products? Yeah. The tobacco companies, right? And mm-hmm. so they're making money off you while you smoke. They're making money off you while they're trying to get you to quit smoking because their adverts on TV here in this country are like, try hypnosis. What a joke, right? And it's quitting smoking is as hard as quitting Mondays. I hear that commercial and I'm like, oh my God, that's a horrible message. Um, yeah. Because, so it is just totally drilled in and that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Because it's a complete contra contraindication or, or contradiction to what it is that they're actually selling in the commercial, which is stop smoking, but the whole right. time telling you it's impossible to do that, right? Yeah. Um, it's absolutely. And I've had several clients. Um, I, I, I'm working with 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 had been working with some folks, and it's the fear that has been placed in them by those sorts of, of advertisements and beliefs that is making it more difficult for them to move mm. forward in the cessation of smoking because yeah. they actually, they, they believe that, right? That it's like, what am I going to do? It's like, well, right. you're, you're going to actually be able to relax when you say you're relaxing. How about right. that? And that's, that's <laughs> part of the work that, that you're doing as a hypnotist with somebody that comes to see you for smoking cessation. You're breaking down those beliefs that people, mm-hmm. you know, that, that people have these really kind of hold, hold on to these really ingrained beliefs because they've been pumped with them by society, by marketing, by messaging, and all of these kind of suggestions that, oh, it's really difficult to give up smoking. It's going to be really hard. You're going to have cravings and it's going to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the nicotine You're going to get your weight. Body and- You're going to get fat. Yeah, um, right. You know, let, let's just pump that with another fear that as soon as you stop smoking, right. you're going to get really fat, which is also rubbish. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, if you drink a glass of water for every cigarette that you smoke instead, you're not going to get fat. No. In fact, you're going to have freaking lovely skin, um, yeah. especially if you're a heavy smoker. Uh, but I mean, even that, there's here, here, here's the interesting thing. And, and it's something that I, I, I remind my clients of. They're like, well, you know, I'm, what am I going to tell people I'm a non-smoker? I'm like, no. Do you, you, you just tell people, no, why do you have to associate with being a non anything? 
right? You're yeah. just, you just don't do that, right? You don't yeah. have to be a non-thing because that makes it feel as if you're a non-conformist then. And, and people don't want to be part of the non-group. People, mm. you know, um, some people do, but most people don't want to be part of that, associated in that way, right? Um, mm. And and so it's 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 a tough thing. I'm like, don't associate yourself as anything to do with smoking at all, right? Um, mm. and, and just move forward with that, right? You, you don't have to, you don't have to, yeah. I mean, if somebody asks you to go out and have a cigarette, you can just say, yeah, no, thanks. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be an ex anything or a non whatever. It's just, right. you know, that's not something I do. That's not a behavior yeah. that I, that I practice anymore. Choose to, it, because it's yeah. a choice to participate in that behavior, right? Sure. Um, people are like, well, I have cravings. No, you don't. Mm. No, you don't. You, 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 have, you have a child inside of you who's throwing a little fit right now. And are you going to, you know, if you, and, and this is something I tell my clients when, when they say that, oh, I've got cravings. I'm like, if a little kid walked up to you, particularly if they're parents, if your child walked up to you and said, mommy, 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 I want to play with this knife. I want to play with this knife, please. It's just one knife. Can I just play with it? I just want to play with it for a little while. Are you going to let him play with the knife? No, no matter how much they bother you. No. Well, why would you do that with a cigarette then? Because, you know, I mean, granted, it's that knife could possibly kill that child. Which cigarette is it that's going to kill you? Right, right. And at the end of the day, like I say, it's it's the habit. It's the voice of the habit that's saying, oh, you know, you need to you need to smoke. You need to pick up a cigarette, this, that and the other. It's the voice of the habit. So all we need to do is change the voice of the habit to, oh, OK, just I'm just doing something else. I remember when I gave when I when I stopped smoking, for me, it was because at the time I, I was smoking roll-ups. I don't know if you guys have roll-ups in the States. Do you guys? So, yeah, you roll your own? Yeah, you roll your own. And I got really into the habit of rolling and I really enjoyed rolling them. And then I noticed as I was going through this process that actually I missed the, I'm kind of, it's the habit of the rolling. If I'm, you know, if I'm bored or if I, if, you know, I want to distract myself or I want to do something else or, and it was also the habit of kind of holding something in between my fingers, you know, cause that if you, if you smoke sort of 10, 20 cigarettes a day, it's muscle memory at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's, it's part of, you know, your kind of daily muscle routine. So your, your, your muscles remember that, but then, so what I would just kind of take a pen and just hold a pen in my hand and just flip a pen around or something like that and just learn to flip a pen through my fingers and just keep my fingers entertained in that way rather than needing to have a cigarette in my in my hand. So right. it, it's it's about changing those also, those kind of different asso habits associated to the ritual. It's it's ritualistic for a lot of people. It's very ritualistic. It's the yep. first what the first cigarette in the morning. Now that I say that out loud and think that I used to do that, I'm like, oh. And I don't I mean to be I one know. of those. I don't mean to be one of those ex-smokers on my high horse. It's just when you haven't smoked for so long and you think back to those 
kind of habits. And it's like, oh my God, I used to, I, I remember at one point waking up and smoking a cigarette, you know, and then it's the ritual of the coffee and the cigarette. It's the ritual of the cigarette after the meal. It's the rich, you know, it's the ritual that's linked to these things and people believing that they're rewarding themselves with, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I get to have a few minutes. A moment. Yeah. Right. I get to have a moment for myself. And I think it was Freddie Jackwin that, that, made this association for me it's you know it's not that you're it's not that you're the cigarette is relaxing you it's the fact that you're taking a moment for yourself and you're taking deep breaths right you're literally taking a really deep inhale a really deep exhale what else is going to relax you more than breathing in that way right the problem is you're breathing in toxins And not breathing it back out. (laughs) Right. And it's the practice of the breathing really that's relaxing you. It's not the actual cigarette, but because we live in this really busy world. And and they're not relaxing. It's, it's, it is, it has been proven that it is a physical impossibility to relax when you smoke. And that's because it increases your blood uh, pressure, right? Mm -hmm. It increases the acids in your stomach, which increase um, activity in the gut, which will create sometimes problems with IBS and and all Mm -hmm. sorts of other little uh, gastrointestinal issues. So it does a whole bunch of things that people don't even recognize. Um, And, and it's, yeah, it's just a terrible thing. And I, one of the things I, I love it when someone says, well, but I enjoy it. I really, I, I, those are the people I always ask right up. Do you enjoy sex? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, when's the last time a cigarette made you feel like that? <laughs> right? I mean, really, because that's enjoyment, right? When's the last time a cigarette made you feel like you were at the top of a roller coaster? Just go ahead and over, <laughs> right? That's enjoyment, right? Mm-hmm. When, when did you, when's the last time a cigarette ever created you know, I, I tell them, you know, even when, when I think about chocolate, you know, if somebody's really into chocolate, I'm like, think about opening a box of chocolates, right? You look through all those chocolates and you decide for a few moments which one of those is going to satisfy and hit that spot in the best possible way in that moment, yeah? Mm. Right? How many times have you flipped open the top of a pack of cigarettes and thought, hmm, now which one of these are going to do it for me? Right. None ever, not once, right? You just right. flipped it open, took one out, and smoked it, right? right. So there's, so we've even we misfire this idea of enjoyment, of relaxation, mm-hmm. of all of these things, right? That's a misfiring. These these wires have been twisted together in such a way that it says that it says it's okay when really it's. And again, it comes down to what we've, you know, the marketing that we've been pumped with for years and years and years and watching films and watching, you know, like, oh, you've, you've just shot someone. Let's get a cigarette out and enjoy that. You know, like, right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I just went through a trauma. I'm going to smoke. Yeah, right. You know, just (laughs) because that'll make it all go better as I kill myself from just surviving that. I, you know, (laughs) yeah. And I don't mind telling people that because let's just be real. We don't know which cigarette it is going to be that's going to be the one mm-hmm. that ends up killing you. You may not ever have that cigarette, 
There are women out there, men out there who live to be a hundred and some years old and have been smoking their entire lives, right? And they sit mm-hmm. there, they ain't got no teeth. Their, 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 their cheeks are hanging down to their ass, but, um, you know, that's okay. Cause that's what smoking does to your face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're a hundred years old. They got the jowls of a, of a dog. Um, but they never had any cancer. It never killed them. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's the ones out there who never ever smoked a cigarette in their life, but because they played the bass in in a band in a you know in, in a nightclub that allowed smoking indoors, they got secondhand smoke. They got cancer from secondhand smoke. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. who is to say what it is that's gonna that possibly related to that? How it's gonna get you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and like you say, it may be down to it may be down to cigarettes. It may be down to other causes. But at the end of the day, it's not our job to convince somebody, right? To convince somebody that they need to quit. Right. If somebody's coming to you and saying, "Oh, you know, I I kind of need to quit rather than I want to quit," then we need to really evaluate: Is this the right time for this person to be coming to work with me? Because if right. they're being brought by somebody else, if they're being pressured by somebody else, if they're like, eh, "Well, you know, I kind of," yeah, yeah, well, we're just wasting yeah. each other's time, really. Yeah, exactly. That's like the that's like they say in um, I've heard it said in AA. I think. Uh, one of my friends told me that when you quit for somebody else, they're also going to be the reason that you start up again and mm. will probably end up doing it even more than previously. Right. Um, Cause you get pissed with them and you're like, right, well, I'm just going to start smoking again. <laughs> right. Well, I did it for them. They're out. I'm over there. Fuck it. I'm going to smoke. Right. I'll show them. Yeah. And you just, you know, yeah, it's so it's just kind of a silly thing, and, it, and I mean, even with codependency, right? Even with, with with relationships like that, that kind of shit happens. But smoking is it's it's an interesting but isn't thing smoking to deal a kind with. of codependent relationship? It is with the cigarette, absolutely. Yeah, that's it's what like I mean. There was one of yeah. the most amazing commercials that I ever saw. Um, so, if you re- do you remember, I, I don't know if they had if you remember. <sighs> There was this ad in the 80s, I believe, here in this country, and it was the all they had was a frying pan with with grease in it. And it's a hot, you can see it's a hot frying pan, and they drop an egg and they say, This is your brain. And then they drop an egg into the frying pan, starts to fry and everything, right? And they say, This is your brain on drugs. Um, and so we're all like, right on. Uh, (laughs) did not send the message to me that they were hoping to send. Um, (laughs) Right. But now the commercials they've got out there, they had this one that I was like, that is just genius. It is, it is a young girl at a um, picnic table and it's dark outside and she's got this long piece of parchment in front of her and she's reading it and it's got all these rules you will go on you will stand in the cold for me you're going to do this for me you're going to do this for me you're going to do this for me and at the very end she signs it and when she signs it and lets go it rolls up into a cigarette right, right. and so it is it's like this long contract you're signing with yeah. them that these are all of the things I'm going to avoid my friends who don't smoke. I'm going to stand outside in the cold for you. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. punish myself and ruin my taste buds and do all of this other stuff for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I tell them, who wants a friend like that? Yeah. Who yeah. wants a friend yeah. like that? Right. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we don't, when people say, well, it's like my best friend. It's like, yeah. Does your best friend want to cut your throat? Um, right. Because... 
Is that a friend I, I want? Some, no, I read somewhere recently and I can't, I really can't remember. I think it was about Japan that they were going to start giving people, I think it was Japan. It was definitely somewhere in, in the Far East and they were going to start giving people like an extra four days off a year for people that don't smoke in lieu of the time that they don't take for their cigarette breaks. It was something, it was something along those lines. I don't think I'm quoting it exactly right, but right. it was definitely along those lines that people that don't smoke are going to gain extra holiday days in lieu of the time that they don't to take to, for cigarette breaks. Because it's so true, isn't it? I think a lot of people continued smoking or maybe even started smoking because it is, you know, oh, I'm going on a cigarette break. Okay. You piss off for five minutes, which ends up being 10 or 15. You right. do that three or four times a day and that adds up. Right. Right. So, right. well, you know, yeah, in, in, in here, I know in our country, or at least in all the companies I've worked for, it's like, no, you go on your break when you go on your break, but we have breaks every two hours in this country. Right. Okay. Right. You go to work in the morning at six o'clock, you have your first 15 minute break at eight o'clock. Then you have your lunch at 10 o'clock. Then you have your next break, you know, at noon and you're off at two. Right. Cool. <laughs> um, and, and, and so they, they, they kind of, I think they started kind of scheduling those in like that. So people who weren't smoking would also have their breaks. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how they do breaks there, but I know that, but you're right. Even people here, they still go out in between time and do it in yeah. companies. It happens all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it, you, it, I, 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 so this, here's the thing. I don't know how common smoking is still compared to how it used to be. You know, it used to be that it was, it was, I remember that, you know, in a restaurant, you had everybody, you could smoke in a restaurant. It's so weird when I talk about, when I think about it now, because I haven't talked about this for however many years. And I used to work in pubs and everybody would be smoking in the pub. And for the people that didn't smoke, it was horrible, but they right. just had to get on with it because there were no smoking and non-smoking sections. It was all just one, one bit. And I remember in the UK when they brought that law in where you couldn't smoke in, in public indoors in public places anymore and they brought that law in so from one day to the next you could no longer smoke in pubs and clubs and everything and all of a sudden you know you went to a, a club and it stank and you realized that the smoke was covering up the absolute reek of vomit and sp and spilled drinks and all sorts of sweat and nastiness oh my god <laughs> i guess it's been a while since i've been out holy crap yeah. um <laughs> I think they found a way around that eventually, but they probably had to clean the clubs for like the first oh. time. <laughs> no shit, huh? Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. No, but you know, I, yeah, I remember dancing. I remember being out on the dance floor with drinks in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh God. And it was, it was crazy that flip, you know, cause it really, what it really was before, if you didn't smoke, it was like, you just had to get on with it didn't matter. Everybody, whoever smoked, smoked. It was indoors. You wanted to be in a pub, you had to deal with smoke, right? You wanted to be yeah. in a club, you had to deal with smoke. That was it. You just shut up and got on with it. And if you wanted some fresh air, you go outside. But then it just really all of a sudden did a massive flip. And all of a sudden the smokers were like, oh, but we're now being like, you know, pushed out and we have to go outside. Right. We're and being smoking. discriminated against. Right. Right. Like, you know, we oh have to go outside God. and and I remember the last time I was in the States, which was 2016. So 
So this had already been in play. I think that law came in around two, the year two thousand or I can't, it was it was like in that. the the early the early kind of turn of the century. Yes, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. in the <laughs> early years. <laughs> I can't remember exactly when. So in two thousand sixteen, I was in California. And I found it really odd because that didn't happen in the UK or in Europe that you couldn't be within like 10 feet of the door of an establishment Correct. and smoke. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you cannot. That's what, because it's what, and, and they don't enforce it, but the, the is what that is intended to do is make it so you can't smoke when you're going down a sidewalk in right. a downtown corridor or, you know, that's, I, I think that that's what the intention of that is. You're not supposed to, you, you, it's illegal to smoke in public parks in Washington state. Um, mm. You are not allowed because that's a public space. Um, you cannot smoke. And, and I mean, people are, you know, in, in here in Washington, particularly, I don't, it's very interesting in Seattle, they will get in your face mm. if you're smoking. Um, and you know you're not supposed to be smoking in a public, you know, in a, in a public place, and 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 they'll jump on people who are doing it, and and it's interesting because you can smell it everywhere. As soon as someone's doing it, it's just like it permeates everything. I never noticed mm. it, you know, when I was a smoker as badly, right? Um, right. But it does it. It's just everywhere. You can smell it then, um, and and they are they're pretty they're pretty on your ass here um, mm. at bus stops. At, at, you're not supposed to smoke at bus stops, but they do, right. of course. <laughs> right. So that never came into play in, um, I don't think, I don't think, because people still smoke in public places. So still smoke outdoors in public places in Europe and in the UK, I believe. Um, but definitely in Spain, you know, people still smoke all over the places. People people are still big smokers in, in Europe, um, in Spain, in France, um, it's it's even though these laws came into place, they're they're like they're still big smokers. They don't care as much. <laughs> they, they didn't take those laws as seriously, you know. I think with the Spanish and the French, and and I'm not sure which other cultures, but definitely kind of the well, warmer I'm countries. Sure like this German, is part of our culture. Piss off and leave us alone. You know the German culture. I, I think it's very yeah. heavy in the German culture. I know it's heavy in the French, like you said, and, and I know it's heavy mm. in the Spanish. Um, and it's part of it's that ritualistic. It's it's culturally ritualistic. The cigarette with the wine, right? The right. It's, it's culturally right. ritualistic, which is much harder to change. But is it? I don't know. Because in, in the UK, it used to be the pubs. You'd be at the pub having a beer and a cigarette. That's no longer culturally ritualistic. So Yes, but also look at the fact, look at how, well, and a lot since, I think it's happened a lot since COVID, but the pubs have not, they, they, they're not the same they're, they're not the same social grounds that they used to be. You know, mm. like when my mom and, and dad, uh, when my stepdad and, and my mom, you know, I mean, they're obviously in the UK and, and, you know, George doesn't go to the pubs anymore because it's not what it used to be. Right. Mm. It, it's not the, it's not the local gathering place for friends and it's, it's totally different environment. He says that they've changed a lot. Yeah. They've become a lot more kind of chic pubs because they you know a lot of the pubs then became gastro pubs and started serving food and and then it beca it became a bit more of a kind of competition of who who could serve the best kind of food do you know what i mean like kind of mm. more better quality food rather than just your standard pub grub you know where it used to be pub grub 
now it's kind of ga- gastro pubs and serving like fancy food and things like that. So in, See, and in that's that- why I wouldn't go to a pub. If I go to a pub, I want pub food. Right. I want greasy freaking right. fries. I want, you know, I mean, come on. I, uh, I go and uh, French foie gras. Um, yes. With, uh, no, thanks. Um, yes. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No to beer anyway, but and no to a pub anyway. But, you know, I mean, no, why would, no. That just would yeah. take all the fun out of it for me. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, with the, with with the, smoking the smoking laws came a lot of changes a lot of cultural changes and 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 social changes i think as well social dynamics definitely things things changed um but now i was working with somebody the other day on smoking and she was telling me that in the uk a packet of cigarettes i have no idea how much a packet of cigarette costs i think they cost nearly 20 pounds for a packet of cigarettes which is mind blowing Mind blowing. Yeah, they're like I mean, $14 here, I think. You'd have to be earning a fortune to smoke a packet a day. <laughs> really, you'd have to. You'd have to be. Yeah, I can't imagine. I remember when I quit, I was paying $10 for a pack of cigarettes, but a pack of cigarettes mm. would last me a week almost. Um, right. And, right. And, and so, but no, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having to spend $14, $15 on a pack of cigarettes. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, I remember yeah. when I first started, they were like 75 cents, I think. Maybe we paid a dollar for a pack. Mm. <laughs> but then we get into, we now step into the realm of people saying, okay, well, I'm going to quit smoking, but I'm going to take up vaping. Oh God, I know, and I and I and I hear that, and I'm thinking, okay, what is? I'm like, have you not heard of popcorn lung? Have you not heard of, you know, do do? do it, it's interesting when I hear that. When I hear that, that's what they want to do. I'm always interested in what is the thought process behind just switching from one. Um, all, all you're doing is is you're just switching the form the, the way you're 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 intaking it right you're you're still using nicotine right mm-hmm. which is inherently not good for you um whether it's in a carcinogenic form of of dried tobacco leaves or if it's in a distilled oil um that is vaporized that oil is you know it's still not good for your lungs right? And the nicotine is still not good for your body. And the fact that you're ingesting more nicotine that way than you were in a cigarette, and yet you're vaping, using the vape more than you were the cigarettes, it's, it's, it is an absolute, people don't research enough. No, no. And I think I've tried it once and it tasted like plastic and I was like, ew, it really like genuinely tastes like plastic. That is not cool. Like it feels like you're breathing in. Yeah, no, just. Um, I've got yeah. no interest in. So I'll be honest, I've tried um, vaping uh, on, a, on a friend's marijuana vape. Um, and even that, I hacked and coughed for so long afterwards. I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Um, mm. And my lungs hurt. They just hurt afterwards. Um, mm. And I was a smoker back then. Yeah. I was a smoker the first. In fact, yeah, that's not my favorite thing for sure. And I don't understand, you know, it's, it, I, I want to know when, when someone comes in and they say, well, I'm afraid of giving it up because of the physical things that it does for me. 
And, and I remember the physical things that it did. I remember lighting the cigarette first thing in the morning and feeling that smoke hit your mouth and hit the back of your throat and how it feels when it goes into your chest, right? That they, they need, they are looking for a replacement for that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they think that that is what their enjoyment is coming from because, again, there's that miswiring that that is enjoyment, that that is because to them it is a signal that something better is coming along, which is the fix from the nicotine, right? Mm. Um, and, and they don't even re- recognize that the reason that it all happens first thing in the morning like that when they have their first cigarette of the day is because all the nicotine has left their body within eight hours. Mm-hmm. So they're right. reintroducing it completely over to their system again. So it, it's never about the amount of nicotine that they're ingesting. It's never about the nicotine itself when it comes to the habit of smoking. It's, mm. it's just the habit of the smoking. That's it. It's the beliefs that you have and the habits that you formed. And that's really the work that we're doing here, right? We're breaking through the beliefs that the beliefs that the smoker has around smoking. I can't, you know, I can't do it or it's too hard to give up or whatever it is, or um, it's going to change my, my social status or, or, you know, the, the kind of kid teenager that started smoking to fit in and and just kind of that kind of belief that's some that's being held on somewhere that oh no no it gave me status or it gave me whatever it was at the time all of these different kind of beliefs that we have we're breaking those down and changing the habits that come with it and i'm i'm really think i really believe that the the physical habits as i talked about before the muscle memory is 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 a part of this and finding you just need to find something else to do entertain yeah. yourself in a different way until that muscle memory has disappeared which won't take long it doesn't well, you take know, long and here's the other thing and i see and i i don't know if i necessarily for me that was never an issue that i remember mm. right for me it was um because i didn't have any set times Right. That I did anything. It was just whenever, right? Um, mm. Whenever I felt like it, and so for me, there wasn't that necessarily that ritual involved with it, because yeah. there was so much shame associated with it at the end. Mm. Um, you know, uh, but I, I, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I didn't. I, I thought that there would be an oral fixation thing. You know, what am I going to do with my hands and all that kind of stuff? That was never a problem for me. Um, what about social smokers? How do you work with social smokers? Well, so now this is where I'm going to sound a little bit maybe controversial, mm. right? Um, I believe, now if they want to quit smoking, it's the same as everybody else. Once you've made that decision, it's going to be easy. Once yeah. you decide that something's going to be done, it makes it super simple, right? Um, but if somebody were to come in there and say, listen, I'm a social smoker. Uh, I don't really want to quit because I only do it occasionally, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I'm one of those people, all things in, you know, if all things in, in, in um, moderation, moderation, yes. All things in moderation is fine. If, you know, if somebody has the ability where they can go out once a month and hang out with their friends and have a cigarette or two and why they're, why they're out partying, more power to them, right? Why mm. am I going to judge that? It's not for me to determine whether that's right for them or it's wrong for them. It's mm. only for me to help them should they ask me to. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I actually want to add something here. You don't necessarily, it's not about if you, so Scott Jansen, who was on one, I think one of our first guests, or if not our first yeah. guests on this podcast, he became very successful helping lawyers to quit smoking when he was working with clients. I don't believe he works with clients anymore because he focuses on the business side of things, but he was very successful helping lawyers quit smoking. Scott says he's never smoked a day in his life. And you get a lot of people that think that, especially from a practitioner point of view, how can I help people stop smoking if I never smoked? You don't need to have smoked to be able to help people stop smoking. Right? right. You just need to understand the beliefs behind why people feel like they can't or shouldn't, or, you know, kind of it, it's going to be bad for them in some way to stop smoking because, as we mentioned, oh, I'll put on weight or, oh, this, that, and the other, you know, all of these different things that we've already talked about. It's about understanding those belief beliefs that are behind what's keeping them smoking. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, I think that it's something if you haven't any experience with smoking and you are a practitioner and you say that, well, I don't want to work with them because I don't understand it. There is something, there is some behavior at some point that you've changed in your life mm -hmm. because you didn't like the results it was providing for you. This mm -hmm. is just the, this is just that in different coding in a, in, in, in a different uh, coat rather. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, when we, when we reduce it to that simplified form, then it becomes really easy for us to recognize how to help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been a, an interesting conversation. Um, yeah. Any smokers that are out there, I would definitely get in touch with a with a hypnotherapist. I know that my dad quit smoking many, 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 many years ago. Also from watching, I was a kid at the time and he watched Alan Carr. So the same book that I ended up reading, <laughs> I don't know, 13 years later, he watched a video. I believe there was a video at the time, a VHS and he watched the video and um, I believe gave up smoking for, for gave up smoking with that video. So hypnosis is incredibly effective for smoking cessation as long as you have made the decision and you want to give up smoking. Don't bother knocking on somebody's door going, well, I'm like, you know, five out of 10. You're not ready to give up. You're not ready to give up. You need to no. be ready because the hypnotist cannot make you do anything. And neither can a patch or a vape or anything else. <laughs> Correct. Yes, exactly. Um, and on that note, thank you for the conversation, Nicole. That was, it, it was a good conversation today because I think that, like I said, it's a staple of what we do. And there's a kind of a misunderstanding sometimes about what we do and how we do it when it comes to smoking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's some great work being done out there for smoking cessation. Great work. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's it from us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Hypnotic Healers. Take care, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.